Welcome to episode 33 of Another Sack Manager. I'm John. And I'm John. Um, yeah, it's been a, been, a, been a few weeks, hasn't yeah, it? It has been a few weeks due to um, unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Well, first of all, before we get into that, this is episode 33, we're forever bursting bubbles. Exactly. And so do you want to, for, for those that don't know, I the best uh, theme song? I think they all know. Yeah. I think we're all happy that we be bursting. <laughs> There's no bubbles left. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, so here we are. It's Thursday. It's a different time for us. It's like 12.30 p.m. here. This is yeah. like our lunch hour. There's, so the sun's out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the noise. It's been very, very hot the last sort of few days. Except for yeah. today. Except, <laughs> except for today. It's a bit humid outside, yeah. but um, it'd be still, what, 25, 26 or something? Well, it's supposed to be 17. 17. Well, it's definitely... That's do you think it's warmer? Yeah, I think so. I haven't been out yet. Yeah. I know it was, what, like 34 yesterday or whatever. Yeah, it was yes, it was very hot. It was 34 till sort of 10 o'clock at night or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, <laughs> that's enough further weather. Um, <laughs> we have to get this under... We're under, 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 under sub, break, basically. <laughs> we have to get this under the sub-60, so everyone will be probably very happy to know this will be a shorter... Shorter podcast, but oh, we you still know, you never know with us though. <laughs> correct, but we still have all the the same sort of segments and and stuff. So I can um, hear the groaning already. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, with Todd Stepinio, just not, not to bother this. Yeah, really, way. he's probably having a really six course meal somewhere at our expense. Yeah, not just hot your doggies. Correct, correct, actually. Yeah, and we're actually um, recording in well. Not in front of a live students, but near a yeah, live student audience. So yeah. if you hear anything going on in the background, it's, um, it's not for us. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clapping right. or cheering, definitely. Yeah, if we're right near the cafe. Um, yeah, so I guess first of all, um, the reason why we haven't done one for a couple of weeks. Um, I know last week we had the the international break. So, so not, that wasn't our fault. That wasn't, that wasn't our fault. You can't blame us for that one. And then the week before that, um, was it you? I don't. Was it you or me that couldn't? Yeah, do? school. That's right. That's, 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 that's right. Day. That's right. Yeah, because I do a course at, at night, and then for this it's particular hacking, <laughs> so, so learning how to hack. Yes, check check your accounts. And stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah. So my professor or whatever at RMIT basically sort of said, well, he had to go away, so we had to have a few classes rescheduled, and unfortunately for two weeks prior to that, um, we had, uh, I think, Tuesdays and Wednesdays where couldn't quite make it, and then, of course, the week before that, before that, before that, before that, just like, oh, I popped out my sacroiliac joint or the side joint in the uh, lower back near the... Um, the pelvic bone, apparently, but um, yes, yeah, so I couldn't move or do anything <laughs> like that. So, um, welcome to the only hospital and medical special <laughs> in the land. Thank you. Correct, correct. So, um, yeah, so apologies for. Um, I think we had. Um, but you didn't listen to your doctor when they said when he said take a while, take a rest, did you? You're back playing squash. next weekend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> correct. Well, it's, you know, I'm getting to that age now where it's like the the body is saying, is, is saying, you know, no, but the mind's saying, yeah, go for yeah, it, go for it. Why not? Won't hurt that much. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
West Ham. Um, obviously, we won't really sort of go into many of the, the previous ones, but I guess going into the game, we're in a pretty good spot. You know, we've had a really uh, top draw, um, even though it was a draw, I guess. You know, <laughs> top, top draw, draw. 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 But uh, we played we really well. Probably, you know, probably should have, should have beaten, should have beaten Arsenal. Um, you know, before that we had the uh, Europa Europa League. Yeah. yeah, where we won. You know, everyone's always normally saying, "Oh, you know, the Europa League. You know, it'll be our undoing. We never win." Well, the fact that we won and so and and you know, kept up. You know, the appearances as far as the standard of play goes, etc., etc. Everyone seems to be. Unanimous that we're really on the on the right track, um, and then we had West Ham. Now, for me, West Ham. You know, everyone sort of says that uh, you know the first fixture that you look at when you when the fixtures come out in July is basically you know, when when we play Arsenal. Yes. And, I, and I'm no different to anyone else. But I also look at West Ham. <laughs> because, Pray tell why. Yeah. Well, this is well when I spent some time in the UK, I I was in I think South End. And you know, probably like thirty minutes on the train or forty minutes on the yeah. train from Victoria Station, south in South End to um, I think East Ham Station, no. Green Street, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I've I've been there a few times at, at Upton Park and incognito, or of course, of course. <laughs> um, and for me, it hasn't always been the best of uh, experiences there, you know, just some of the things that some of the, the crowd does and, yeah. and so forth, you know. And I think just the, it was the, the one place where I thought, oh, you know, um, not a feeling of unsafe, but, you know, especially during those night matches. But, you know, like, I think that if you were a, an away supporter, you definitely uh, would fear for your life getting out if you were Especially if you're wearing the colours. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've often sort of thought of West Ham to be, you know, not a, not a team that I like. You know, I was pretty happy when we... I mean, one of my most favourite matches was going back to, I think, 2005, 2006, when we beat West Ham. You know, remember Stel Terry in, yes. in the last minute? Yeah. You know, and the other the other thing that people forget is that season, that should have been, you know, even though we were, it was still, I think, January or whatever when we played that game, we should have relegated them. That was that. That was the game. That, you know, where Kirbishly you know, threw the water bottle in the air and everything like that. And, but um, and so every time I we play West Ham, I, I'm never ever re- really happy. You know, I, I don't feel sorry. For, a lot of people feel sorry for this team. I don't. You know, um, some West Ham people that I knew in uh, when I was. Because <laughs> in, in South End, you know, the, you know, they've got the obviously South End FC, but yeah, but, but but a lot of people are, you know, Premier League fans. Yes, yeah, Premier League fans. Around. So it's either Spurs, West Ham, you know, and probably obviously there'll be a few Arsenal fans, but probably not so much. It's mainly Spurs. I found Spurs and, and West Ham supporters. And the West Ham supporters there, some of the guys I work with were real pain in the asses. So I, you know, I. The, the, way, the, way, the, the way the, the way the, the we play, or the way sorry the way that they play, I, I've never agreed through uh, agreed with throughout the years. You know, there's always been some underarm dirty tactics. I've all I've, I've always thought of them as being a dirty side, which is funny because and ironic because the the tradition that comes out of West Ham is sort of the team that plays the ball to beat and 
like to entertain and so forth. And you know, I think that came from the sixties. Well, well, I think the you know, decent side, you know. Yeah, but, uh, I was just going to say you're exactly right because I was just going to say, you know, we talk about you know playing the Spurs way. Well, that that's you know the last twenty five years we haven't played the Spurs way. You know, maybe maybe maybe, uh, maybe under Redknapp, yes. And I think maybe at parts last season, and I'm talking when I say parts, I'm talking about three games <laughs> last season. But but you know, at, at times we've we, we've done it, but really on the whole, not since probably the mid eight, mid to late eighties, have we yeah, really yeah. played that sort of way. Burkish, but then of course that's because we had some very good players who could play that way. You know, we had players that grew up sort of through came through Spurs like Hoddle. And Mickey Hazard, so they knew what was expected, and they knew how to play. And then when you've got players like them, plus also Aussie Ardealers, and maybe Tony Galvin on the wing, and, and so forth, and you've got Archibald and Crooks up front, it's very easy to play that way, you know. Um, so that's sort of that that eighties era for me was the, the you know the first time I started following Spurs from eighty one. So to me, that's how Spurs should play, and. Um, the irony is, of course, with West Ham is that they had, you know, some success in the 60s, you know, when they won the Cup and then the European Cup Winners' Cup. And they had basically three great players like Bobby Moore, Martin Peters and uh, Hurst, who scored the hat-trick. In Jeff Hurst. Yeah. So, you know, they had three very well-known, very famous sort of footballers playing for them. They, they played a certain way. But... Um, of course, Martin Peters came to Spurs because he wanted to actually go play at a team that actually believed in that way. And also, I think you've got, I think I think in this sort of 69-70 season, he, he wanted just to leave West Ham. He had enough, and I think he, they dropped him. Um, like, um, Greenwood. So anyway, that's going away. Yeah, but yeah. So for me, I guess you know, every time we play West Ham, you know, there's a little bit more in it for me personally. You know, I really don't like this side that much. Yeah. Um, Look, for me, I, I, to me, I like, the only two things I like is both, they've got a, an interesting history, um, but also I like their colours and I also um, actually like their song. It's a very melancholic song. They don't, you know, everyone else is sort of like a song to uplift the team. If they sing their song, Basically, it's like they're failed. The words are basically, you know, they can't, you know, they're failed again. So it's, I kind of like that, that whoever invented this song, whoever basically introduced it to the West Ham, was basically killed himself for the afterburner. <laughs> but um, you know what I mean? It, it's kind of like, to me, it's like, well, they realise what, unless you're, you know, like Man U or, whatever, or Liverpool supporters through the ages, where you won a lot of trophies, most other teams don't win and there's more failure than success so I kind of like that but like you some of the the play some of the players have had over the last what couple of decades have been dirty and you know piece of you know, piece of nasty yeah the Julian Dixers the you know even yeah. Kevin Nolan sometimes you know yeah, I even hear me I was, was atrocious on the weekend and, and, and of course you know the one that I thought is, was despicable on the weekend was Noble yes 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well you get he sort of you could tell he's showing his age where every he's every tackle just looked like a bad foul, <laughs> you know. It's just it's passed him by. I think it's time for him to I don't know head down the divisions, go back into the mines or something. Yeah. So anyhow, 
what a great game, great results. Um, 4 4 1 results, mm. um, some fantastic goals. And, from, and also from and one of them from an unlikely <laughs> unlikely hero of the time um, yeah yeah where do you th- where do you think this this game was particularly won and lost well to me uh, especially I didn't, I was trying to f- after I watched it I was trying to figure out who was our man of the match every game there's always a player that stands out you know recently Demelay's been playing well Ericsson you know the odd occasion Lamella of course, Harry Kane started to score again. But I couldn't, for the life of me, think of someone, yes, he's why we won. I think it was, a, it was a team effort where basically everyone played their part and everyone you know, basically did their role well and also supported each other. I mean, there was one moment where Dembele was rushing down to the left, lost the ball, and started to sprint back to his position because he was like 20 yards away. But someone dropped back and basically sorted that out. So that's what I, that's, to me that was fantastic because it's kind of like, okay, he's gone, this player's responding well. I forget who it was, whether it was someone, you know, from. Maybe Ali, like, was it? I don't know. Yeah. It might have been. Who basically stepped back into that gap to, to fill it up so West Ham didn't have an opportunity. And of course, once again, they lost, West Ham lost the ball. I just think we played. Very well as a team, as a unit, uh, and so to me it was like, well, West Ham had very little there to, except for that overhead kick. Um, that somehow the uh, the commentators said it was offside, but I'm sure it just deflected off. You know, when, he took, when, he, when the shot was taken, he was offside, but it deflected one of our players and lo- you know lobbed up. Are you talking about the first goal? Yeah. No, the one that he missed. The one that hit the bar. Oh, the right. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. and so they were saying, oh, that was offside. It's kind of like, surely if it comes off one of our players, it's not offside. So I don't know how, anyway. But overall, really, it was... I mean, they rest Ham looked okay in the first half, the beginning of it. You know, there was some play from them, but overall, especially the second half... It, it, like, it was a cagey first... Yeah, in the first, first before the 20, goal, 25 minutes. Before Ericsson had his shot... I think that was a great shot. I think Ericsson, um, who, which shot actually deflected, and um, which helped the goalkeeper because it deflected towards the keeper. If that deflection wasn't there, bang, that would have been in. And, but from then on, from then on, we started to play. You know, I think as well, we still looked in control before that. We were basically our midfield was really just running the show. Um, Dembele had another good game, though he played a bit deeper than than the last few games where he basically played more controlling midfielder role and Ali was up forward which I don't know whether he should be playing at number 10 anyway well he, he was almost playing yeah like yeah, exactly that yeah, because there's so many times when, when the ball came down we know that Kane likes to go deep and and Ali was there Challenging, you know, when the pass back was was going to the keeper, yeah, Adrian, they were yeah. he was right on there, um, forcing either errors. That that was that's a very important point because people say, "Well, West Ham didn't play well; they weren't allowed to play well. Yes. They weren't given time on the ball. They weren't, you know, what I mean? They were harassed immediately after we've lost the ball, and then, if, you know, and if that happened to us, we basically just adjusted our team so we f- actually filled any gaps defensively." I think the success that that we enjoyed in the last few games 
is due to our defensive structure. So people have a role, and if someone sort of moves out of their role, people have another role other to fill in those gaps. And the good thing is to see how aware the team is. And there's no one who's like, no, nah, I'm too good for that. I'm not going to go track back. That's like, you know, with this team, I suppose if you had, say, Chadley or whoever in the side, he might not track back. You know, there's always that issue with his defensive work. But um, I think the midfield control, I mean, especially in the second half, I was just sitting there going, it's like a training run. Because who are we playing? You know? For a team that's, that was on the same points as us and just brought a position below us, they were really just outclassed. There was that lack of class. I know they were missing their key player, but still one player. I mean, if we were missing Harry Kane, we would have someone up there, you know what I mean? And mm. the goals might have might have come from our midfield. So I think overall... For, for me, for me personally, I think the, the main thing that I got out of this is, uh, and I've said this before, that when, we, when, when you change a manager, like I find that it really it takes... It can take up to three years before you get to a certain point, you know. I think with Pochettino, the, with what he's done uh, strategically, like moving players out, you know, and even, you know, I think in previous years, you know, like how we, we got rid of Adebayo War, yeah. for example, in previous years we would have kept him, I, I think. Um, oh, you're right. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because, A, because I don't think it's Levy's way to, to, to you know, to enforce a payout on, yeah. on a player, it's, but, it, but he to get rid of two dollars, yeah, yeah. But you know, I think you know he has done. Um, you know, when you think about the limited amount of stuff that we, I say stuff, the limited amount of transfers that we made in January, and and really and addressing the core needs of, of what we needed in in the squad. In, in, in the summer squad. Right, right now, he's almost trimmed it to exactly what he wants. Just bar, bar, bar the striker. That's true. Yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah. And and I think for me as well, yeah. So so when I'm looking at that, and it, it's funny how you said there really isn't a player who really stood out as saying, "Oh, you play really well." Everybody is yeah. contributing. I think the other point for me is that you know under AVB and. Especially AVB, we're always sort of saying, "Why is he playing this player? You know, why, why is he playing Dembele in a you know in, in a defensive midfielder's role? You know, it's it's not for him. You know, every every person in that squad now is playing in the position that they that they you know. There's no chopping and changing. You know, yeah. everything is beginning just to mould and and to settle down. You know, this is how old good teams used to do it. They used to basically buy players that fitted a role. You know, in the, in the recent past, we've just bought players for the sake of buying players. You know what I mean? It's yes. kind of, it was like, oh, we've got all this money. Let's buy these players available. Let's get him. Um, where are we going to play him? Or we've got four of those t- same type of players. Do we need another one? The, you know what I mean? It, it was like, well, there wasn't any cohesion or any strategy about you know who we buy. So with Pochettino, he's basically, even his first season last year, he tried a lot, everyone. Kabul play, all those players that have been shipped out had a run. Whether at the beginning and then basically they, they weren't good enough or they had issues. They all had a run. So you can't say, OK, Kabul was just ostracised straight away. No, he played. He played a good game against Arsenal last year. I remember that. But after a while, 
he, he was got rid of out of Bayor. Lennon sent on loan. Basically, the players that were not fit, but weren't prepared to train how he wanted them to train and how to play the way he wanted to play, they were gone. Oh, yeah, it's funny you should say that because yeah, it's the moulding, isn't it? You know, yeah. our oldest player is Vertonghen, and he's what, maybe twenty-seven or twenty-eight, I think. Oh, Dembele's 28. 28, yeah, okay, so okay. We've got a few like that. We've got a few, but 28 is hardly to the point of you yeah, know, where yeah, you're yeah, reaching yeah. Your expiry date. It's when you're at your peak. Yeah. We don't have anybody in their expiry date. Per- personally, I, I think that it would be great if we got a squad player, like a like a, like an older striker who's been there, done that, with a few more years. I, I still think that there is a, there is a glowing need for... For us to learn from someone, from a quality player who's been there, done that. You, you, you know, yeah. I'm not saying that they're going to play every week. You know, they would have to know that. I think with it, it, it'd be interesting to see what he does because a player like that cannot possibly train like Pochettino wants him to train at that intensity, and because of his age and the threat of um, injury. You know, then they will know that this player of which you speak of uh, would be. You know, it would be. Um, would be like I'm not coming to you. I'm not doing double sessions. I won't do double sessions. I won't play on the weekend. I'll be knackered. So, as to what do we do with a player like that? I mean, it makes a lot of sense that that way. You know, someone who's been there, done that, um, actually will provide some kind of advice and guidance and mentorship to say Harry Kane, who's still very young, but. He has matured very quickly. But I think Pochettino, to him, it's like, you don't need this mentorship because the system you're in will give you that. Mentorship will give you that. We want you to play this role. This is the role you're playing. And there's a little bit of freedom there. And, you know, especially with Kane, where he drops deep sometimes and so forth. goes, well, you know what, he's not. He's quite flexible where he goes. But that's within the structure. So if this other striker... Is, is not prepared to play in that structure or do the sessions, Pochettino might say no. Which I think is why he's looking at our youth academy all the mm. time to bring in players because they're young, they're fit, they're hungry especially, they're hungry to learn. And you see them, once they realise uh, the value of his the way he plays, then they really go for it. You know, Look at this side, all those players you know they understand what he wants. I mean, look at Eric Dyer. You know, missed a game because of all those yellow cards. I don't think he's got one since he's come back. You know, he's learned his lesson. You know, you can be hard because we need players like that. But also, you know, if you, you get a yellow, that's against the team. You have to be aware of that. So, and I think sometimes, you know, it's bit, I don't think we're minded how the, how the yellows have come. Like Dalielli again. You know. <laughs> But for me, one of the other big things that I picked out of, of this, leading to my next point, was obviously this was the first time where I really felt as a team, yeah, we were standing up for each other. You, like tough, like yeah. you mentioned before, like Dali Ali, you know, when Mark Noden decided to have a little kick out or a temper tantrum against Kane, you know, Ali was the first one in his face. Now, it cost him a card. But you know what, like... Yeah, we, we, we don't want him to miss the, to miss the Chelsea game. That's fine, you know. But you know what? Like, may, maybe maybe having that week off is is a blessing in disguise. You know, you never know. Especially with you know with with the uh, Carabag 
coming up uh, tomorrow morning outside. Um, oh, he look what what he did. I didn't mind as well because it's kind of like look, he's sticking out for his fellow teammates, and we're not shirking or that aggro because in the past. Spurs, you know, we're a cultured team, you know, especially in the 80s. We sometimes, I know we had Graham Roberts who would want to kick anybody, but overall, especially our midfield, it was kind of soft, you know. They knew that Spurs, they're soft. Get at them and they'll and you'll win the game. These young kids, and they are the kids, are saying, no, we're not soft, we're tough, and we're, if it means a cut, we're not going to back off. And, it's very rare that you see something like that at Spurs, you know. So to have him and Dyer as well, I mean, it's amazing. Really clock. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, the amazing thing with Dyer was that he won all his tackles. That was the statistic that came out. That's amazing. When does that ever happen? You know, it's just because he's tough and he, he won't take no for an answer. So it was, it was great to see. Yep. I just wanted to touch on the goals. Yes. Uh, the the two goals. I mean, obviously Kane got two. Um, obviously, the one that went underneath Adrian. You know what? It, it, it sort of looked like it took a little bit of a deflection. I, I, don't, think, I don't know if it's a deflection, like a swerve. It yeah. swerved in, like you know, it's like a nice little cricket ball just sort of cutting, sort of swerving in swinger. Yeah. So I think that's why, because if you look at that keeper. He was diving because that's where the ball was heading, and suddenly started to swerve in, and he's like, "Uh oh!" And that's why it went underneath him. He was—he, I don't think he did much wrong there because you wouldn't have expected. I've never seen a ball swerve like that inwards, you know, especially mm-hmm. you know, sort of kicking it out and doing that. So that's that was, that was a clever shot, you know. We've mentioned before, you know, that we've we've really liked Toby. Uh, he, he's just <laughs> we'll never say soon. I'll read it out. And I, I, I thought one of the big things that he's brought is an aerial dominance. You know, I, I still can't believe there are still people out there that think we should never have sold Dawson. Um, really, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, really you know, beyond really the joke. Stupid, you know. Um, yeah, he was, that guy was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just going, you know, him to go backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, and just you know have that sort of bullish attitude that no one's going to. No one's going to get that ball and bullet header straight in. The keepers don't save that. Yeah, the pace. Well, the keeper basically just came. If he stayed on his line, he might have had a chance. But you see, he's trying to come out, but his own player and, and Kane were blocking him. And so, but that header where he not only not only he's not power, afraid to get in there. Yeah, not, not the power of the header, but also the run and the leap. That he was really up there. You know what I mean? And it was a Kamani, a towering yeah. header. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very apt. Yeah, People so here have done that themselves. Uh, have they turned off? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one, which we must make mention of, was the uh, um, the goal to um, Walker. Now, what, what a season this guy's having, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong, he's still prone to the... As we saw. <laughs> to the... Uh, to the but that's very rare. To the mind explosion. That's very rare these days, you know. The only problem is his mind explosions end up as goals. <laughs> I really felt for him because, I mean, here yeah, he is. I mean, I mean, he has scored, like, you know, from the outside of his of the right boot. And it he's like a nailed it. It's not even a trainer. He absolutely nailed that goal. Well, to me, I was when I was watching it, it was like, you know, it was like the aim of the training 
of this exercise was to play a successful one too and then he they did that and then it's almost like he casually just hit it with the outside of the foot oh he's just going to left <laughs> yeah and it just curled in and it was like oh yeah it's kind of like when at the end of training you, you finish that thing and you just kick it and you just kick it lazily somewhere uh, but it was an amazing finish and so good on him and that was really because he's been playing very well this season too. Oh yeah, he's, oh, I think this, this is, you know, having you know, he's the one that's benefited from I think everything as a whole, everything coming together. He's really come on board, working hard. I don't think you know in past seasons, even though he's had bad games, I don't think he's you know the effort has never been an issue there. It's, it's, just it's been execution and concentration, yeah. yeah. And I think you know this time, even though he gave away that. The free kick, it, it, yeah, there was still a little bit that West Ham had to do to, oh, yeah, to yeah, sort of yeah, get there. Yeah, yeah. But you know, just you know, you know eliminate what? the mistake first of all. We keep possession. It was four 0 He had just scored a goal the first time in how long? He's allowed to have a goal. He's allowed, goals. yeah, especially this season where he's been playing well. Okay, so good on him, you know. And the thing with him and players like Dembele that what Pochettino has done for them as well. It's not only just the kids coming through, but the seasoned players, because he's probably, you know, 26 or something, I'm assuming, I can't remember. Um, but he's given them a new zest in playing football, and recently with Dembele as well, you know. Dembele has been playing well the last few games because, for him, it's basically, he's forward thinking now. He's suddenly going forward and thinking about going forward instead of doing the crab thing of just passing it <laughs> going sideways yeah. uh, which infuriated me because you know he's got talent yeah okay so we got uh, just briefly we got carry bag or carry bags carry bags <laughs> sandbags um, we've got to go over there it's 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 possibly the longest trip Azerbaijan is like the further side of Russia just underneath yeah, you know, yeah so it's a hell of a long way to go it's probably the biggest trip that you could get um would you be happy with that point? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's it, it'll be. Let's see who who they've who, they, who they're going um, to leave behind. Game, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've seen a provisional squad on uh, on the on their Facebook page, and it looks like you know, he's going to be taking quite a lot of the uh, of the of the junior squad over okay. as well. You know you. You know, guys like uh, um, you know Onoma that has that, been sort of you know getting you know Slowly five five or yeah. five or ten minutes. Um, this this is a, this is a great uh, I guess little mini assignment for this little group of say four or five mm. players that we're probably are going to see those. So this is like the Harry Winks of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think Pritchard is still injured, um, but Tom Carroll will I hope will get a start. He should. Um, I don't know if Ng is still injured. Yeah, I think he is. I yeah. Think he is. yeah. Look, we've seen what he's done with some of the other players we've got. And so for our, our young players, our youth development players, we should just entrust in how he introduces them to different games, how long he plays them, because he's had success in the past. So you can't fault him for, you know, for his youth setup, you know, for introducing those younger players oh, into the first team. Personally, I think it's been... Very, very refreshing. It's good to, to see um, that. Yeah. To, to see that because it, it shows, you know, like it hasn't just been, oh, you, 
yeah, like what we've done in the past, we've sort of got, you know, someone within our price range and, oh, yes, you know, just manipulate them to, yeah, yeah. to you know, it's, it, it's the full circle. It's, you know, you, you've got the players there, you, you've you got an academy there for a reason, you know, and and Pochettino is basically saying it's not just there to make money, it's it's a feeder it's not even for basically us. Basically, like, if you look at the Chelsea youth setup, it's well known that they've probably got the best one. You know, they win all these youth trophies and so forth, but they don't use they don't introduce those players. What's the point of having it where basically all, all you're gonna do is send these players out alone until eventually you're gonna sell them to some, you know, Swedish first division side or whatever. At least with Pochettino, if you go to Spurs, the young player knows he's gonna have a good look at you and if you're good enough, you'll come through. Play a little bit in the first team and then eventually if you're good enough you you'll get a regular spot. Mm. As opposed to Chelsea would probably offer these kids a lot of money but don't offer them any future. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really interested to see how we go. Um, I'll probably get up at five, five in the morning. You'll yeah. probably already be up. Just about. Five, I'll yeah. the first 15 minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a Maybe. share at half and lots of things. Yeah. All right, uh, just to finish off, um, prediction for tomorrow? Uh, one nil to us. One nil to us. Or two one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'd say maybe, yeah, 2-1. I'll be happy with the draw. Okay, welcome back. And, of course, um, we're going to talk shirts, one of our most famous segments. Famous? Famous, infamous, <laughs> scandalous. Uh, normally, well, normally, we um, apologise because the big never makes it very rarely these days. He's um, leaving it up in um, somewhere. West Melbourne probably, <laughs> and so, um, but we've got a shirt today, and it's a Spurs shirt. So you can tell us a bit more about it. Okay, so this is the uh, first of all, thank you to the Pink Hawk for providing us with another quality shirt here. Um, How did you get it off him? Same as always, Talix. Talix. You got one of those 3D printers? Yes. <laughs> yes. Somehow, look, I don't know what he does. They just it just spits out. What do they, what, do they just appear at your place, like? Yeah, just on the Telex machine. All right. You haven't checked for any. Well, my well, my printer is a. I've got a printer scanner, fax or whatever. Telex machine. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> Anyhow, we get way. Has it got that sound? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so this is the um, this is the two thousand and nine ten season um, away. So this is uh, this shirt reminds me of the, the Harry Redknapp days, you know. So um, probably the last time that we've probably felt this good about being Spurs fans. But so this is the this is the away shirt. So this is the this is the the blue Puma effort that had you. Uh, you can probably see it, but for those who can't... I can. <laughs> yes, I know you can. Those two yellow, so not quite a chevron, but they like two little uh, streaks that sort of, sort of yeah, go in almost like, 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 a, like, a, like a V-neck type sort of thing. Um, Did they run out of different colour by the end so they go along? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's really weird because when I first got it, I looked at these two yellow streaks and I thought to myself... They don't look symmetrical, you know. <laughs> and when you have a look at it, like I've also got the home kit of this one as yeah. well, and and that also had the same sort of design, and that too is not quite symmetrical. So I, I would have to say that that is a 
just a part of the shirt that okay. is, is, is a little is a little bit different. Um, I really like this one. You know, sometimes when you uh, when you order a shirt and you and you get it and you sort of think, oh yeah, great, you know, and then and then you get another one and just the material and everything when you put it in front of you, it just looks a lot different than what you'd actually think. Yeah, this is this is the same with me. And if you can see, like sort of the material, it's that very light. Um, Sort of got not quite holes, but um, it looks like it, yeah, it? yeah. But it's got you know that sort of breathability, but without like the capital ones where you could see right through into you know your back or your front <laughs> or whatever you know, you know. And and I think as well for me this is when um, the Puma shirts you know it was probably where we knew there was only going to be another couple of years of Puma to go. And for some reason, I don't know why, but the Puma shirts just got a little bit better and better and better as we as we went through. There were there were some lazy efforts, you know, like the um, uh, like the year after the Champions League, you know, where they had, where we had the cup shirt and it was just purely white. Yeah, yeah. But but there was no real sort of design or cutting or anything like that. We'll get to that one. I've got that one um, <laughs> at home as well. But um, but yeah. So the mansion. Uh, sponsor and I think this was one of the first ones where we had the Chinese or the, or the Mandarin uh, um, American characters sort of coming sort of coming so through. what does it say again mansion oh <laughs> <laughs> okay I think yeah. we've done this gag before <laughs> yes yeah. well that's right because remember I had the third yeah, the shirt one, yeah. I, I think it was the third shirt the, the light blue one that's right. which I really do uh, like okay. yeah um, so just check our back catalogue for that. Yes. <laughs> so we've got the, the the Spurs logo embroidered on the on the left hand side, so over the heart p- yeah. sort of position. On the opposite side, we've got the Puma logos, and then on the not quite on the shoulder, but just sort of you know on that um, before it gets between the shoulder and the neck, on that sort of straight line. It's very on the back. high up. Yeah, yeah. You've got the. Um, You've got the more Puma logos there, you know. Now, now I know a lot of people probably think, oh, there's too much Puma on it and all that sort of thing. I think it actually does give it a little bit of character. And uh, you know what I would have liked? That Puma stripe, that thick Puma stripe. Of the like that sort of yeah, but on the Puma shirts, it used to be a thick stripe, not Adidas with the three, but one thick stripe. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think as well. On the uh, now, we mentioned that yellow, the yellow um, two nil stripes at the front. They're also on the cuffs of the sleeves yep. as well, um, or, or I should say, on oh, one on one side of the sleeve. On the other side is just yeah, but you know, it's it's just a little bit different. I know, but that's that's weird. You should. It's sort of similar to what remember when we did the pony shirt, the nine the ninety seven home one, where where they had where they had the production issues. And, oh, and yeah, one yeah. side had had a certain design, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. other one had had sort of like a clean design. Yeah. I don't know about that. I like if it's going, if you're going to have a trim on one, um, have it on the other one. That's yeah. all. I, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, I know I'm being controversial. Again, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> there you go. On. And then also we have a trim on the on the back. Of the, uh, of, of the of the bottom of the shirt as well. But on the well, front, that, I think you've that's just got, okay. Yeah. Because you can't see the back yeah. if you're running for Now, I like, once again, I love it when 
with the you like know, the fairies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you got the felt, you know, the sort of iron on yeah. sort of things. Um, I've always I always like the feel of it, and it, it for, for me it's you know it's a little insulting at times when you just get the printed. The, the printed thing on there and you know whilst it you know it sort of looks good you sort of think well I've, have I been cheated of you know you know the, the company is just sort of, or, or Puma or whoever's manufacturer is just you know not really done a great job you know and just after a you know maybe they're running out of time to get the shirts done but these ones here you know it, it's just something a little bit more yes. um, personalised about about right. the shirt you know um, now on the back now, oh, now you you texted me so you you're actually responsible for me picking this particular shirt because remember we, we had a, a bit of a text about uh, about Spurs and then you're asking me oh who was this particular player yeah that's now true. I couldn't find the because the question was who was the one who was that defensive midfielder that could hardly stay on the pitch and yeah it was a guy basically just gave away so many fouls yes yeah yeah and I said well this particular guy towards the end of his first career it was not a guarantee at any game that he would not stay stay on the park and I think that had a lot to do with him sort of transferring out but this is um, Palacios (laughs) Wilson Palacios I mean at at this I remember when I got this he was actually um, I think just come over from was it Wigan I think it was Wigan for about ten million, and he was he was very industrious, you know. Um, probably words. He probably was there maybe just before Sandro, or maybe they were both there at the same time. But I he may have got there Sandra just a little bit before, before Sandra, you know. And he sort of played, you know, that sort of anchor midfield role. Now he'd done a, a really good job, I think, for Steve Bruce at Wigan and also at Birmingham City. So. Yeah, we knew that he could play, and I think his first one, you know, first one or two seasons um, were really good. Now, remember, he was uh, this is a bit of trivia for you. <laughs> the um, he remember when we played um, uh, when we were longing for the Champions League. We went and we got there, and then we we were playing. Um, was it Young Boys of oh, Burn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were two three nil down at one stage and then we end up sort of drawing it thanks to like a, you know, a few Roman Papagena girls one of the goal scorers was Palacios and people always ask me oh you know he never scored and I don't think he scored an, an outfield goal in the Premier League he, he may have not like for us anyhow but um, but obviously I think as soon as soon as you know there was the whole thing about his brother got kidnapped oh, and murdered yeah. and I don't know if he was terrible chopped up or whatever you know but um, I think that was the case, wasn't it? I don't know. What <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it was really horrific sort of stuff. And I think from then he never quite the player. And I mean, well, let's face it, Juris, was it? Honduran, yeah. So that yeah, it's very dodgy country. Yeah, yeah. And of course, quite a few of that sort of little golden generation sort of come through the Figueroas and etc. Right. Etc. Et so a few players come. Through, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, look, you know. There are documents in time, and this is a good example of you know like he probably didn't finish off his career with us the way that he probably would have well, wanted to. Remember, I think he got injured, didn't he? He came back and he wasn't really the same. He was just off the pace, I think. Yeah, because he, he spent a lot of time out because yeah. of you know dealing with the family issues surrounding yeah, the brothers. I'm sure you got injured as well. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're right as well. So I think you know once you once you get injured, you come back and you're never the same or something like. That. Same sort of thing. And then basically the leg starts to fly around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that we couldn't be guaranteed, I mean, you'd, you'd pick him 
I mean, he's not a guy that you would think would come on to the pitch and not unless we were really, you know, defensively down. But uh, you know, he was he was certainly a player that that uh, you needed to start. And I think as his career got for, got you know progressed through Spurs yeah. right, towards the end, my cert, my feeling, and I was a big fan of his, but. Oh, there, there was. <laughs> how can you tell? But there was no guarantee that he would be able to stay on the pitch. For, and, and it was, wasn't just one game; it was like every game. There was, there was always a card in the first half, and it was like, jeez, you know. And, and because of the way that he played, yeah, you know, he, that was the way that he played. It was just to fly in with the with hard tackles, and and it's like you said, when you're injured or when you lose, when you're off a little bit and you miss time those tackles, you're really skating a thin line. So. Uh, yeah, especially with him because it always looked bad when he tackled them. Yeah. And, just, yeah, anyway. yeah. and then one, one last thing on this particular shirt. I really love the, um, the little bit underneath the, the neckline. You've got like a little V, so they're in the same blue material. And then you've got like a smoother type material underneath it and it just sort of makes it yeah. a little bit more... Um, the, the transition between the yellow and that, it, it sort of defines it a little bit more. And of course, my favourite bit, the collar. Uh, collar boy. <laughs> so anyhow, that's the show. We'll have the pictures on the on the blog in the next, I don't know, 24, uh, yeah, 24 48 hours, something like that. Yeah, the same 48, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, someone's got to take pictures first, hey? <laughs> Blames the pin. It's been hot for that. Oh. Now, um, yeah, so that'll be on the blog... And that's another sack manager dot, dot wordpress dot com. Yes, correct. Did I get it right. Yeah, so all the pictures will be on that, uh, plus an article. Um, but you'll see the odd picture on our Twitter, on Facebook, and also on um, Insta. Yeah, Insta. So there you go. Another shirt down. Okay, welcome back. And now we're talking about shoot in time. So the segment where we basically look at um, the world of football through old shoot magazines. What a way to look at the world. <laughs> and this week, uh, we're looking at um, the first part of May 1982. Let's see what was happening um, in football. Okay, so the shoot magazine is looking at the World Cup captains, and this time it's Danny McGrain of Scotland and Luis Arconada of Spain. Can you pronounce that again? No, I can't. <laughs> So it's looking at um, the 81-82 season that's finished and how soccer got it right. Uh, the golden shoe is Kevin Keegan, who's leading up by five goals in front of his f- by five goals. The club's spotlight is, in Bour- uh, is on Bournemouth. Archibald talks about the FA Cup semi-final. Ian Rush just thinks about shooting on sight. Like, have, like our Harry, that's all he does. I think... Um, Long on the weekend, Sun told him off and he goes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Long lady. <laughs> yes. World Cup Stars is looking at Steve Koppel, Juanito and Shengalia of the USSR. Never heard of it. FA Cup. They're looking at the semi-finals, of course, that Spurs were playing and uh, made the final. Alan Brazil keeps Ipswich buzzing. There's a feature on him. There's a special report on Man United. Um, Trevor Brooking is in the first person in the series of Soccer My Way. So they talk about how he, what's his life you know, like in, um, in the professional football world. Uh, Phil Thompson um, sort of states that Clough would be wrong for the England job. 
maybe because you're drunk. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's probably one of the few people who disagreed about cloth ever getting the uh, English job. So that's interesting. And Ray Kennedy, this is your life. So there's a spotlight of him. I can't remember Ray Kennedy. He's one of the Kennedy brothers um, who um, played for Liverpool, I think, at one stage. Okay. And, and I think uh, one of the two, I think, whether it's him or his brother, got really sick. So they got they got something. I can't remember. So I'm not going to okay. pretend I know. Yeah. So they were famous at the time. You know, one of those the two brothers that were playing. So this week on focus on uh, we look at we're looking at Ralph Mill of Dundee United and Keith Cassells of Southampton. You have to remember that you know Southampton at the time were flying high. You know, Kevin King was scoring lots of goals for them. As a Dell. At the Dell, yeah, that was a strange ground. Um, so let's see what they're into at the time. So previous clubs, nothing for for Ralph Dundee United's his first club, and Keith Cassells at Watford, Peterborough, and Oxford. So big step up for him going to Southampton. Cars, um, Vauxhall Cavalier for Ralph and Ford Cortina for Keith. Pretty standard at the time. Papers, Ralph likes the Dundee Courier. It's a delightful read, I'm sure. And Daily Mirror for Keith. Uh, Favourite player, Diego Maradona for Ralph Mill. So that's good. And Glenn Holder for Keith Cassell. So we like him already. Because <laughs> his favourite team is Spurs as well. So on the way. Must have uh, been born in London. What about Ralphie? Ralphie likes Tottenham House Spurs as well. Wow, so that's yeah, very that's rare that we would get two. Two, I know, let alone one. <laughs> Other sports, Ralph Milne likes running, athletics and most sports. Well, the running sort of helps with the football, I guess. Yeah, there's somehow intellect. <laughs> yeah, into yeah somehow. Yeah. Uh, well, Keith likes cricket and golf, which is sort of, I wonder if it's maybe getting closer to summer, so he's thinking about that. Friendliest away fans, Ralph Milne likes Aberdeen and Keith Cassell's Everton. Food and drink, Ralph Milne likes steak and tea, which is kind of like a common thing at the time. Yeah. Uh, Keith Cassell's like curries and lager, which is, yeah. You're starting to, put, to douse the flames. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very common um, sort of favourite food and drink these days, isn't it? Still, curry and a lager. I remember when I was over there, like, it was always when you went out on a hard night on the piss. Did <laughs> I say that? Um, yeah, it was always you know, you know, kebab or or a curry. Yeah. And and like I remember one night when we were in Manchester. I think it, I think it was we went up there for the this, when when I returned and I remember we went to the that FA Cup semi final at Old at Old Trafford Spurs yeah. and Arsenal the one we lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Doherty scored or Doherty. Um, and I remember we found this it was almost like a beer hall just with like massive amounts of like um, tables and stuff like that and it was just curries everybody there was having curry <laughs> it was just fantastic yeah. anyhow so favourite actors Ralph Milne likes Jack Dunaway no, Jack, Jack, Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway oh, you never know they might have had some kind of strange scientific experiment well Keith Cassell's favourite actors were Michael Caine Diana Ross Jane Fonda. I don't know why this time. Look, I've got the magazine here. I don't know why she's not really an actor this year. No, she's a singer. That's what I thought. So let me have a look. You can hear me. But, but I think I think she was... Wasn't she also... And this is just... I remember watching you know, like shows like Solid Gold at the time. Yeah, and, Ross. Yeah, yeah. And she was... Um, she was doing that. But I think there was also maybe a couple of little movie cameos and, and stuff that she may have done. So... 
That's um, sort of a bit, you know, like how J Lo has done, like you know, she's probably foremost a singer, but there are, have been a couple of movies, okay, Anaconda, right. like classics like that. The, the irony though is, let's skip to Fabian Musos. Ralph Mills' Fabian Musos is Diana Ross and Stevie Wonder. Okay. However, Keith likes Randy Crawford and Al Jarreau. There's no Diana Ross there, <laughs> so obviously he doesn't like his singing. Yeah. She li- he likes her acting. Yes. Whatever that is. Okay, so t- favourite TV shows. Ralph Milne likes uh, wildlife docos and sports programs. That's kind of nice. Keith Cassell's like Lauren Hardy and Minder. I could be so good. Have you seen Minder? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was singing like an idiot. Favourite films. Um, Ralph Milne likes Southern Comfort. Have you ever... No. Uh-huh. I found no, a picture. drink. Yeah, <laughs> I found the picture. So we'll, we'll put it up. And Dog Day Afternoon for Keith Cassell. Dog Day Afternoon is a very good film. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I've seen it. If you ask me what it's about, I can't. I won't tell you that. You have to watch it. Okay. Superstitions, they've got none. And if not, a player, Ralph Mill has got no idea. Keith Cassells would be a postman or cricketer. <laughs> That's an interesting combination. Well, so, well, a lot of these footballers, I mean, you know, and even over here, like in our Australian football, a lot of them, you know, can play cricket. You know, at a very high level and and can... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. But how about Postman? Yeah. <laughs> Only he knew now yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> what happened with the Post and the whole email thing. So um, that's it for shooting time this week and we'll have more in the next episode. Okay, so we're nearing the end of the show and as usual, for those who are still up, it's, uh, uh, it's recommendations time. So I've got a one this week, I know. The, I can hear the relief. So mine is actually, it's not a book or a DVD or anything like that, it's actually a, a game, a video game. And it is, of course, Half-Life 2 plus the Episode 1 and Episode 2 expansions. Now this is quite old and I'm sure most people like video games. They played this a long time ago. But I've been playing this on and off for a long, long time and it's only this year that I've actually finished Half-Life 2. In the well, end, I didn't realise, yeah, I think it what was... Year, what year did it come out? Uh, it came out in 2004. I so it only took you 12 years. Yeah, well, I didn't buy it straight <laughs> away. I bought it, like, probably five years after that or something like that. And uh, because it was the uh, pack with all the expansions and, and so forth. So, um, and so it... I think the last time I played, I started playing it in September again, which was a year... Uh, after our last played it. So you can see there was big gaps in between. So let me tell you a little bit about it. It's a first-person shooter video game developed by Valve Corporation and it was released in 2004 after a five-year, 40 million US dollar development. Wow. That's a lot of money. That is. Uh, the game follows some years after the events of Half-Life, which is, of course, the first part of the first game that came out, where the main character, Gordon Freeman, has woken up to find the world has been taken over by Alien Combine due to events that occurred at Black Mesa Research Facility, the setting of the first game. So here, um, Gordon encounters human resistance forces and helps them, and so forth. Um, so basically, his goal is to eliminate the Combine from Earth and free humanity. You know. How noble. Yes, but not the one for West End. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's terrible. Um, the game was developed alongside Valve's Steam software, so you know that online software. So yes. if you want to buy it, 
you need to basically, you can load it up, but you need to be attached to Steam, and Steam will give you, keep on giving you updates and so forth. That's a way to stop the pirates. If you, if you can't get onto Steam, then, then you can't play the game. So it's one way of um, you know, stopping piracy. Um, so, like its predecessor, Half-Life 2 received critical acclaim. It was praised for its advanced physics, animation, sound, graphics, and narrative, and has sold over 12 million copies. So I'm sure they're more than, because you know, they probably cost you know 80, 90 dollars. They probably more than made up their money. And it, it's one of those great games. So it's not a first-person shooter, even though that's the main part of the game. There's different things like there's puzzle games, and you've got to figure out how to get from A to B. Um, which is sometimes you sit there I know I've sat there for half an hour going, how the hell am I going to get out of here because you can't see anything and then it's like a combination oh if I put this here put that there if I climb up here I can do this and so and eventually you get out there so look people are into video games already played this and enjoyed it I'm sure and it's just me just saying yeah I enjoyed it too so did you play this on, on the on your PC or yeah, PlayStation PC, or? PC no, yeah PC first person shooters I kind of enjoy playing on PC because the mouse is better and more accurate than, you know, your P4 controller and all. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a for me, it's a PC game. Okay, so that's my recommendation for the day. Cool. And I'll, I, I do have a couple of recommendations, but I think time has yes. beaten me. So um, we can hold that off till, till next week. That's great. I'm looking forward to your recommendations. <laughs> Finally, I have one. Finally. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's wrap this up. Um, we're going to have lunch. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, we've we've given our previous uh, scores or what we think is going to happen at uh, Carrybag tomorrow or Carabag. What's what, what about Chelsea? What? Well, Chelsea would be tough. I think the thing with watching us playing West Ham and sort of getting sucked into some of their tantrums or, or some of that sort of violent stuff, the handbag sort of thing, is that that gives Mourinho something to play with. You know, and he yeah. might use, you know how they're such a dirty side, yeah. especially like Diego Costa. He might use some of that, what do you mean, sportsmanship. As, as well, both of them fell out, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was hugs and kisses, I think yes. he said later. Jesus. Um, so, so, yeah, what's your... Um, oh, my prediction? Oh, look, um, I think we'll win 2-1. Um, but saying that, I'm still I'll still be okay with the draw because it's one of those teams that um, they're desperate for points. Um, and if we beat them, it could be the Mourinho's could be swan song. Mm. Well, I'm I'm sort of predicting a two nil win. Clean sheets. Yeah. Good luck for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you never know. I mean. We we don't concede many goals these days, do we? So, well, I think that's I think that's the thing, and um, a lot of a lot of it comes down to the back four doing their job. Plus, also the the two players in front of them doing theirs, especially Dyer. Mm. He's, he covers so much ground and he protects them a lot. But I think overall, I think our defensive work starts from Harry Kane back to Larissa. Cool. All right, we've got twenty seconds. Okay. A final word or anything? Or no, no, no. We're we're cool. Okay. Well. This has been a very speedy episode. <laughs> We've been the, the flame has well and truly been lit from underneath us. Um, we'll bid you farewell. Uh, we'll be back next week for proper, hopefully proper episodes. But not, we're not, so not much overly much. too long, yeah. Yeah.
Okay, we said that we would never ever be able to do an under 60 minutes. Looks like we are. Come on, you Spurs. Go on, 